At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your daily podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team, the Charlotte Hornets. I'm Sam Farber. It is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us as we are ready to break down an historic day in Hornets history, in NBA history. Charlotte winning 113-105 to over the Atlanta Hawks. It's their third straight win, but the headline is LaMelo Ball is now the youngest player in NBA history to record a triple-double. Now, help me break it down. I've got the Charlotte Hornets director of player programs and an NBA veteran who played his NBA time right here in Charlotte, Matt Carroll. Matt, thanks for being with me. Hey, I'm glad to be here again. It's a historic moment for this franchise. LaMelo Ball, he was one assist away from a triple-double the night before against the Pelicans in a nationally televised game against his brother. And he comes back the next night and he just does it again. Put this into perspective. How big an accomplishment is this? Well, I think we have to start with the last game against the Pelicans in New Orleans against his brother. And like you said, one assist away. I think people watching the game on TV were just hoping for him to get that assist to be the youngest player ever in NBA history to do it. But once we saw how close he was, you knew it was only a matter of time. And tonight, I don't know if he had it in his mind to come out to get this triple-double because he got so close to a last game, but man, he made it look easy. He makes the game look easy, you know, and tonight he was just filling it up. You know, he was shooting a great percentage. At one point, he was 7-for-7 from the field, just such a great job rebounding, and then the assist making everyone else better and he when he passes the basketball to his teammate Sam he puts it in a place where they can just catch in rhythm and knock it down and that's why I think he gets a lot more assists than most guys because his passes are so precise well 
it might not have been on his mind. It was certainly on his teammates' minds, because I talked to Terry Rozier after the win on the broadcast on our flagship WFNZ, and he said he wanted to make sure, or they wanted to make sure he got it, because they were tired of being in, you know, people being in their Twitter mentions saying, hey, how come you didn't take that last jumper to give LaMelo the triple-double? I could tell his fans to leave me alone because they said I didn't shoot, they, I didn't shoot his, his 10th assist last game, so it, all his fans leave me, alone, uh, leave me alone now. He got triple-double. <laughs> Listen, I guess when you have the following that LaMelo has on social media, you're going to have to deal with that as one of his teammates, but that, that's a good point, and I think when he got his last assist, his 10th assist to complete the triple-double, I looked over and I saw the Hornets bench. They jumped off the bench like there was a game-winning shot at the buzzer. And it was just his synthesis to get the triple-double. So that says a lot about his teammates. Well, here's the moment. 22 points, 12 rebounds, 11 assists. But this here is the moment, uh, as was called in the Hornets' win over the Hawks. Hayward gives to LaMelo. 6.20 left to play. Hornets up 11. Ball one assist away from the triple-double. Feeds P.J. Washington. Goes up with a fadeaway. It is good. Cat it for P.J. Washington. And I believe that's the moment. That should be a triple-double. Waiting for it to become official. Wraparound lane is no good. A foul is called. But there it is. A triple-double for LaMelo Ball. He is the youngest player in NBA history to record a triple-double. Only thing that would make it better is having Matt Carroll on the call with me, which hopefully is a day that's coming soon. But, uh, Matt, I mean, I, I, I'm struggling to come up for words, and I'm a professional broadcaster, it, just how good this kid is. You know, I think the more we watch him, you know, he just keeps impressing us. And, and I think the way the game comes to him, as easy as he makes plays look, you, you just can't believe that he's 19 years old. You know, he plays with such a a confidence, a swagger about him that most people don't have, let alone someone who's a rookie in the NBA playing the point guard position, which is the hardest position to come into the NBA and play. I mean, he just does so many things that just you almost scratch your head and say, the sky is the limit for Lomelo Ball. I mean, he's just got so much potential, and it's on display each and every game as we learn about him as a player. And, and I think we all have learned a lot about him as a person, too, which I think has been very impressive also. Oh, no doubt. And one thing that really stands out is how little he seems to care about these kinds of milestones or these moments. Hearing him talk about playing his brother, it was as if, well, this is expected. I, you know, Why should I make a big deal about this? He's in the NBA. I'm in the NBA. Of course we're going to play each other. Triple doubles, it's not, it's not as if he doesn't care at all about the accomplishment, but it's not the focus for him. I think his teammates probably had more awareness of how close he had come to a triple-double and how close he was last night against the Hawks than anybody else. I'd have to agree with that, Sam. And I think one thing is about him, I mean, he loves to pass. You know, I almost want to say he's a pass-first, you know, point guard, even though he's showing us how well he can score. And he's knocking down threes. He's getting to the rim. He's been incredible at finishing at the rim. And we've seen him a couple times get to the rim, go up with his right hand, reverse in his left hand, just find creative ways to score the basketball around the rim. But he loves the pass. And I think if you're a teammate of a player, 
that number one can pass as well as he can, but who really enjoys it. You can see the the smile, the passion, the excitement he gets when he makes the play for one of his teammates. Just an exceptional, exceptional night by an exceptional player, and uh, th- this is just the beginning. Oh, by the way, the Hornets have now won three in a row and are looking very, very good here. The Hornets are back to 500. We've got much more to talk about here about this triple-double, but I want to remind everyone that obviously the buzz is building around this team, and season ticket packages are available for the 2020 2022 season you can guarantee your price right now for more information call 704 hornets or visit hornets.com to live chat with a season ticket representative matt carroll is here we are breaking down a historic night for the hornets for the nba lamello ball the youngest player in nba history to record a triple double I'm Sam Farber, and again, Matt Carroll is here. And Matt, one note on LaMelo coming in. There were questions about his shot, and there were questions about his defense. And I think there might have been some questions about how he would handle the physicality of the NBA, as there are with just about every rookie, because it is a huge change going from competing against, whether it's you know 20, 21-year-olds in college or even lesser competition in an overseas league granted those are still grown men but the size and the strength of the grown men in the NBA that's a different level I'm shocked at how well equipped LaMelo is to handle that he, he doesn't seem to be overburdened by bigger stronger players in fact he seems to relish going in to mix it up with them whether it's on the defensive end or going for a rebound Listen, he's 19 years old. I remember when I was 19 in college, I'm a freshman at Notre Dame playing in the Big East and getting tossed around by Georgetown and Syracuse. He's playing in the NBA. You know, these are, these are grown men. These are guys that obviously have some of the most strong bodies or the strongest bodies in the world. And he looks like he has no trouble. You know, he's wiry. He's long. He uses that to his advantage. But I, I, I don't see any trouble. I mean, he, he's experienced probably from playing overseas, playing against grown men already, so he has much more experience than most do. But my goodness, he doesn't seem to be struggling with the strength part of it at all in the NBA, which, like you said, it was a concern. But he knows how to use his strength. He knows how to use his length. And he, he, he just finds ways. I mean, he's experienced beyond his years. And I think at some point, I mean, he's 19. In a couple years, he'll be stronger when he's 21, 22. But right now, he's doing just fine based on having a triple-double tonight. To be the youngest ever to do something is difficult in the NBA now because of the one-and-done rule. So, you know, other players were able to get to the NBA quicker than LaMelo Ball was, even with him going the, the professional route. I'm looking through the box scores, and, you know, the names that stick out as guys who came, went high school straight to the pros and had immediate success are Kobe Bryant and LeBron James, or at least those are the first ones that come to my mind. Kobe Bryant never had a double-double in his rookie season, his age 18 season. And LaMelo, in 10 games, has a triple-double. I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to say that. You know, obviously, this instantly means that Lamelo will become greater than. I'm not saying that, but it does put it in a perspective on just how good this kid is at such a young age. It, it really does, and I did not know that that stat about Kobe. But to have a triple double at at his age and just getting introduced to the NBA, I mean, is it way beyond impressive by itself? But I, I think it's a sign. I mean, that just doesn't happen by chance. 
you know, to, to do what he's doing. And, and, and look, he almost had a triple-double. He was one assist away the game before. So this could be two games in a row pretty much. And the season's just beginning. You know, we've got a lot of NBA season left this year for the Hornets and LaMelo Ball. So I think it really just shows for him to be able to come into these games and, and make an impact in limited time. I mean, listen, his triple-double, he was close to the triple-double when he was only less than 20 minutes into the game. It wasn't like he played 48 minutes. So he is efficient. He's making things happen in the short amount of time that he has had. So I just think as the season goes on, as his minutes keep increasing, you're going to see more and more from him. LeBron James did not record a triple-double in his rookie season. LeBron's first double-double was in Game 2. He came out of the gates 25 points at Sacramento, 21 points, 12 rebounds at Phoenix on night two. And, oh, by the way, night one he had nine assists. So, I I mean, I guess LeBron James has to be the closest comparison we can make. And, again, I, I'm not saying that they are the same player. They're, you know, they're very, very different players, in fact. But the ability to shoulder this at this early age is just impressive. You're, you're not supposed to be able to do this at 19 against grown men. I agree. And I think, you know, maybe what it tells you is, Listen, LeBron is is one of the best ever to play the game. So was Kobe. But, you know, LeBron wasn't playing professionally when when he was 17, 18 years old. You know, he was still in high school, right? So Kobe, same thing. Now, I know Kobe has a little bit diverse experience. You know, had lived over in Europe. And I remember growing up in Philly and and looking up to Kobe, and he's playing against the the pros in the 76ers, you know, in the offseason and open gym type settings. But maybe LaMelo comes in with a more diverse experience playing against you know, professionals at a younger age, in much younger age, maybe than Kobe and LeBron both did in their childhood. Now, look, I, I love college basketball. I know you do, too. And I, I I think it'd be sacrilegious for me in North Carolina to suggest that people should, you know, shy away from playing in college to go pro. But, I mean, is this a sign, maybe, that this is the appropriate route? Obviously, the NBA is making an investment in that direction by allowing players to come directly out of high school into the G League, giving them a, a, a prep year there before they could be eligible for the draft. Is this a trend we're going to see more and more at the sacrifice of some great players making collegiate performances and, and entering into March Madness? Well, I think the more people or more players we see like LaMelo that, that made this decision to, to skip college and play professionally in are having success, then I think you will see it more. I don't think there's enough data yet to really say, but what the NBA is doing with the G League, convincing players to skip college and and go play right in the G League and the NBA style of basketball, and then obviously what LaMelo did, went overseas and played all over the world, yeah, I think you are going to see that case more and more, especially as we see more guys have the success that LaMelo's having right now. The obvious risk there is you're you're putting in a dangerous position your opportunity to get a free education and the numbers are there on how much more earning power people have if they have a college degree versus not. That's not a basketball thing, that's a general life thing. And your average high school player, I mean, we, we've seen the numbers throughout NBA history, players that went straight to the NBA and failed, and that's part of the reason the one-and-done rule exists at this stage in time. I think LaMelo is an exception to that because he was such a superstar at such a young age, he was able to capitalize on his name, image, and likeness well before he ever got near professional basketball. So uh, in a certain respect, he, he was less at risk of potential lost earnings, if you will, if something had happened, because he was already earning major money off being a basketball player. 
that's a good point, and I, I think it's a, definitely a risk, and, and I don't think it makes sense to, to make that jump to go forego college and play professionally unless you're a guy, as you mentioned, like LaMelo, who had the, the fame, the potential, the attention, everything at such a young age. And you, I would think you'd have to be you know, projected to be a top 10 pick, maybe top 15, top 20, I guess, maybe not more than that. I don't really see it making a lot of sense. But if you're a top 20, then maybe it does if there's a chance to be, you know, a top 20 pick in a year or so. But if you're not, you know, looked upon like that or if the scouts haven't given you that much credibility yet, then I don't know if it makes a lot of sense. I don't know if the risk is worth it. You know, college, obviously, I'm a big proponent of it. I think it teaches guys so much. You mature, you develop. And if it doesn't work out, I mean, guys get injured. You know, so there's a big benefit that you can still take if things don't work out. But a, a guy in Lamelo's case and someone similar to his skill set and I guess potential, then it, then it would make sense. And even then, Lamelo went pro after his sophomore year of high school. I mean, how, how good is is Levar Ball's crystal ball to know that, that Lamelo? I mean, I covered him when he was a freshman. And, and there will be many opportunities to talk about this, but I covered him when he was a freshman. You could see the skill. You could see the, the court savvy, the awareness, and all that stuff was there. The question was, was he going to grow? Because at the time, he was, he was around six feet tall, and obviously you know, his older brother was much taller, and his dad was taller and had played basketball, and his mom was taller and had played basketball. So you know, there were certainly signs, but I mean, in every family, you know, there, there is occasionally a kid who is not as tall or as big as their older brothers or sisters, and it just, it's, it's genetics. You know, it's, it's a little bit of a lottery there. Outside of that question, it was. He's a freshman. He's got a long way to go before we could see NBA. I, I'll be honest. I didn't see it coming at this level. Uh, certainly wouldn't have predicted at that time that he would have a triple double earlier than anyone else in the history of the NBA. Well, I think you do have to give his dad some credit. I mean, he was on to something. I mean, because whatever he did, it sure looks like it's working for Lamelo for sure. <laughs> oh, by the way, Hornets win one thirteen one oh five. We want to talk about the victory as well. Uh, real quick, though, I want to remind all of you that the opportunity to get your LaMelo Ball jersey is available right now. In fact, you can go to the Hornets fan shop at Spectrum Center Thursdays through Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. for all your Hornets gear. Or you can shop from the comfort of your own home by visiting HornetsFanshop.com, which is open seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Rozier goes right by Reddish Skies and throws it down with the right hand. Oh, that's scary Terry for you. Rozier would have brought the hive alive with that one. Yes, we do miss the fans an awful lot, and Terry Rozier has had a couple of posterizing dunks. He is not the headline on this affair as the Hornets take the win 113-105 to over the Hawks. That headline belongs, of course, to LaMelo Ball, the youngest player ever to record a triple-double. However, Rozier was the leading scorer with 23 points. We've got Matt Carroll with us, and Matt, want to talk about some other aspects of this win, because it is a big win. Hornets have now strung together three straight wins. They leapfrog the Hawks in the standings, uh, and they're playing some of their best team basketball maybe accentuated by the skill set of LaMelo Ball, but we shouldn't look past the fact that this is a Hornets team that, as a whole, is playing extremely well right now. 
They really are. And I think one thing that has impressed me this entire season, but but as of late, is just their willingness to share the basketball. I mean, they're, you got a guy like LaMelo that, that, that is an incredible passer, making plays for guys, but it's contagious. When you have guys that play unselfish, tonight they had 27 assists. And, you know, obviously one of the top in the NBA at sharing the basketball and, and finding each other. But they're passing up good shots for great shots. And, and that is something, it's an identity, I think, that Coach Borrego uh, has worked on with the staff, has preached to this team to play together, play unselfish. And, and they're seeing it. But it really takes players to buy into that style of play. Because, listen, everybody wants to score. And everybody is pretty good, obviously, in the NBA. So when they have the ball, they're thinking score, most guys. But to be able to pass that up, put your put yourself behind the team, good things can happen. And I think that's what we're seeing with the, with the Hornets right now. You played with some very good players in your time. Uh, Dirk Nowitzki, maybe the biggest star. You played with Corey Maggette. You played, you played with a lot of really good players. How difficult is it to get a roster of NBA players to buy into this level of team basketball to this extent, because I, I mean, like you said, everyone likes to score. Most people view that as their their ticket to fame and fortune and staying in the league the longest possible time. It's got to be difficult to convince a player of the caliber of like you know a Miles Bridges that say, "Hey, some nights you're going to score twenty, and some nights you're going to score two, and it just matters on the flow of the game and how you're feeling and if the shot's falling." But you, you need to be good for us in either case. How difficult is it to get guys to buy in like that? Yeah, it's not easy, you know, and I think obviously winning teams, it's easier, you know, because you're seeing why you need to do that. And when you're having success and you're winning, then as a, as a coach, it's, it's a little bit easier to say, listen, this works. You got to play this way. But, you know, when you're trying to build a, a winning, you know, franchise, you're trying to build something special. You got to have buy-in from the players. So that starts with the coach, his message every day. It can't be sometimes. It can't be, you know, after a loss and we're going to play differently. You got to be consistent in your message, which Coach Borrego is. He always preaches this. His staff preaches it. And then I think the second part is for like Mitch Kupchak and Buzz Peterson, you got to draft the right kind of players. You got to have the guys that are willingness to put the team first, that are unselfish, that will play a certain style and play the right way in order to win games and put themselves behind what is most important, that's team winning games. So I think those two components are most important. Well, one player who, who certainly bought into that and who had a big night the other night against the Hawks is Caleb Martin. Swinging around to Martin. Three on the shot clock. Martin drives. Martin up in the right hand, and he throws it down with authority. Oh, my goodness. Goodwin trying to catch the Hornets snapping. He'll lay it in, but who cares? Oh, Caleb Martin, that will be on SportsCenter. This podcast obviously airing after SportsCenter Top 10. Uh, so we don't know now at this stage, Matt Carroll, where it lands. I have a feeling LaMelo is going to be somewhere on Top 10, but where do you think Caleb Martin lands on Top 10 with that dunk? That might be number one. I mean, listen, Terry Rozier had a great one, but that one by Caleb Martin was Oh, my goodness. Incredible. And it was unexpected. You know, he kind of had a little crosser, got into the lane, and he just rose up. And listen, both the Martin brothers, Cody and Caleb, they are super athletic. When they jump off that one foot, they get up in the air, and I'll tell you what, look out below because they're coming down with the hammer. And, and that was one to get everybody that was at the game in person 
got out of their seat for that one, that's for sure. It was an historic night for the team, a great night for the overall team. Uh, you can't get a triple-double alone. You need your teammates helping you out. And LaMelo Ball is the headliner, but it is a team game and a team win and a great night for Charlotte basketball. 113 to 105, the final score, and the Hornets are now 500. Major thanks to Matt Carroll for staying up late with us to record the podcast. Appreciate you, Matt. Anytime, Sam. Always fun. Thank you. Hornets, a big win, 113-105, and thanks to all of you as well. We'll have another podcast out tomorrow previewing the contest against the New York Knicks as the Hornets try and go above 500 to 6-5. and five. That's where they'll be with the win. For Matt Carroll, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege talking to you once again right here on the Hornets Hotcast.